0: Welcome in to Monday's edition of Hot Takes. We've got great news for you here. Cody is back. That's not the great news, though. We've got hour-long episodes on Mondays starting now. We'll see if it carries over into the spring. But we've got a lot to dive into, and thank goodness we got this extra time. But, Cody, welcome back from playing hooky. Anthony filled in on Monday. Tanner was with me on Wednesday and Friday. And now you're back from the quote-unquote flu that you had. No, it's
1: it's great to be back. Yeah, I wish I was playing hooky the past week. But, no, it's good to be back. Good to talk sports with you. Now we get an hour to do it on Mondays
0: as well. So, now we can get on our tangents. You're right. We can. And, oh, boy, we're going to start here because you, I haven't talked to you since the playoff came out. And with your homerness – it's it's time to. I'm just gonna kind of open the floor up to, to you here because I mean you've you've missed a week of hot takes and you know I covered the playoff with Anthony I covered the playoff with Tanner but now you're back so well, let's let's hear your take on it.
1: I, I guess to start with, rivalry week because I think that's where would have been coming back from rivalry week or last Monday. Coming least, back then, from, like,
0: from conference championship week. Conference yeah.
1: championship. I'm all over the place. See, I don't even know what day of the week it is. Anyway, conference championship week. I, I, I would – if I could see where Bama would have landed if they lost with the results, I would have liked to see that. But, nonetheless, Bama just throttled Georgia. Bryce Young obviously won Heisman two days ago. Uh My biggest takeaway is Bama is the best team in the nation when they bring their A game. And we didn't see that a whole lot this year. So it'll be interesting to see come the playoffs. Uh, Another takeaway is this Michigan team. I think they're going to be some competition for Georgia. I think Georgia as of now will probably end up winning that game, but I think that'll be a thriller. And then. Like I've been saying all year long, I don't think Cincinnati deserves to be in, but who else do you put there? Um, I I think Bama's going to be in to the national championship. I think they're going to just absolutely put Cincinnati in the ground. I don't think Cincinnati's going to stand a chance, but I think that Michigan-Georgia game is going to be something to watch.
0: I think both these games are going to be extremely fun, and, you know, it's... The inconsistency of Alabama all year long has been kind of the storyline heading with them, and obviously they've, they have showed up in the SEC championship game, but it was just – you know, Georgia didn't take, a, didn't take a page out of Auburn's playbook. They really didn't Auburn did the way really that A&M did or LSU did. These teams that kind of gave Alabama a run for their money, Georgia didn't, didn't put the pressure on Bryce Young. And obviously the Alabama offensive line looked better, but, you know, Auburn was bringing six, five, six players every single play, and Georgia typically thought they could get there with four, and they didn't do that. They, they weren't able to really do that. And that's kind of what led to this game breaking open into Bryce Young getting that Heisman game on the way to officially winning the Heisman Trophy we saw this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I, I also think uh, you and I had mentioned this once or twice, but the whole fact of they're kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. They're waiting for that one game. Georgia may very well may have been that one game, and they might play like that the last two games of the season, which are the most important games of the season now. Obviously, you had to win that SEC championship to get a spot in the playoffs, most likely. They did that, so now they have to play Cincinnati, and then if they win that, Michigan or Georgia, and Georgia once again. So – I think it was just one of those things where they needed to find their groove, get their groove, they figured it out, and now they look like the best team in the nation.
0: So if you were to make a prediction right now of your college football playoff outcome, I've got an idea of who you're going to have winning it, but who do you think is going to face off? Who do you think is going to win that Michigan-Georgia game? And do you think the championship game between the winner of those two will be close?
1: You know, I don't know who's going to win that Michigan-Georgia game. Stetson Bennett really worries me for Georgia. He, he's had a good season because of his defense this year where they were able to make stops and get him more possessions than he normally would on another team. So I think that's why he looked as good as he did. But you see against a, a team like Bama where Bama's offense is so high-powered And that defense, Alabama's defense isn't a great defense. I would say they're above par, but I don't think you can put them anywhere close to Georgia's defense. And they forced two turnovers against Stetson Bennett. I think this Michigan defense is even better than Alabama's defense. So I'm interested to see if that'll play in effect in Georgia's offense and if this Georgia defense can just make enough stops to defeat Michigan. I I do think in the end, though, Bama is going to win. And if it's against, if it's against Georgia, I think, I think Bama is going to steamroll them worse than they did in the SEC championship. But if they play Michigan, I think it'll be about a 14 point game.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, after watching this Georgia team in the SEC title game, um, I really do believe that that was their worst game of the season. And obviously it was playing the best opponent. It's not a good time to have your worst game, but, it kind of was was a feeling as Alabama played that game like they had to win, and Georgia played that game like they could afford to lose, and obviously they could. Um, but you I mean, I, I just I, I was I was shocked with that result. But I mean, I really shouldn't have been. Still Alabama, but I, I was surprised that that game went the way it did. And for that reason, I think that Michigan's going to beat Georgia. I think that Michigan will. Michigan has looked like that team this season. And they look really, really good. My only concern with Michigan is that them stopping the run from time. we saw Kenneth Walker have that big time game against Michigan, that Heisman type performance. Of course, he didn't. He didn't get the invite to New York, which I kind of thought he should have. But um, it'll it'll be really interesting to see how Aiden Hutchinson and the rest of this Michigan front seven can have an impact on this Georgia run game and on these Georgia sport, short pass game and everything else. And it'll be also be interesting to see how guys like George Pickens, who have re- recently gotten into the Georgia, the Georgia lineup at the wide receiver position, make an impact in that game. That'll be a fun one to watch. But I do think Michigan comes out on top, and I think we are set up with an a Michigan championship game. But I, I have been saying it all year long. You, you cannot sleep on this Bearcat team. You can't do it. This This team is extremely high-powered and extremely offensively explosive at times. And so I do think Alabama will win this game. I think they win it by a significant margin. But I think Cincinnati puts up at least 28 points in this game.
1: I just have no faith in them. (laughs) I think it it could be like a 52. Bama's defense played their best game – maybe not their best game, but one of the best games this season against Georgia. Those two interceptions were key in that win. I mean, I I, I just – I'll give Cincinnati 21 with the benefit of the doubt, but I don't even think they're going to put that much up.
0: I think that Cincinnati's offense is better than Georgia's offense. I think Desmond Ritter's a lot better than Tetson Bennett. Now, I mean, obviously Georgia's more talented. They are. But I really, really like Luke Fickle, and I think he's going to find some things to exploit in this Alabama defense. Now, I don't think anybody can stop Alabama's offense. I mean, I think we saw that very clearly with one of the best defenses that i would had thought that I had seen in a long, long time in Georgia's defense. And we saw Alabama's defense just go to town – Alabama's offense go to town on them. So I don't think Cincinnati's going to be able to stop them. So it wouldn't shock me to see Bama put up at least 50. They could reach that 60 mark, which, which would be insane in a college football playoff game. But I do think Cincinnati will get there. So they'll put up some points. So this game, it could be a sneaky good game. I don't necessarily think it will be. But I think the potential is there because, you know, Cincinnati is there. They've been the underdog all year long. Nobody's wanted them there, and they got there. So now what what can they do with it? Can they do anything with it? Will they win? I don't think so. Well, will they look decent? Probably.
1: No, yeah, and I, as much as I don't think Cincinnati deserves to be in, and as much as I think Alabama is just going to run them over, this is one of those games – this is a Bama thing to do. If they were going to lose, it, it's – They would lose to Cincinnati. It's a Bama thing to do. And I hate to say it, but... With them looking as good as they did against Georgia and Bryce Young just winning the Heisman, I I still wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati pulled it out, especially in a season like Bama has had. Close games, a loss to Cincinnati... Or excuse me, not Cincinnati, to um, A&M... that miracle in Jordan Hare against Auburn in the last two minutes of the game or whatever it was, it just, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow Cincinnati was able to find a way to pull this out. Now, I don't think they will, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't
0: think they will either, but it will be something to watch. And we've got a couple of bowl games starting up this week, but we'll get to those on Starting on Wednesday, we'll touch on the Middle Tennessee State-Toledo game, kicking off bowl season in the Bahamas. But looking at the rest of these New Year's Six Bowls, there's quite a few great matchups. One, One that I'm really keeping my eye on here is my favorite matchup, I think, is Baylor and Ole Miss. I think that game will be insane without a doubt. Obviously, Utah and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, that'll be a really, really fun game to watch. We've got... Pittsburgh and Michigan State which is a sneaky good game in the Peach Bowl I think Pittsburgh can really give Michigan state a run for their money it wouldn't surprise me to all see this ACC champion Pitt Panthers take that game and finally Oklahoma State and Notre Dame which I don't really know how good of a game that will be I think Oklahoma State should run away with that one because I'm just I'm not sold on this Notre Dame team and I know you're not either and I think that that we were I think I'm kind of we were kind of surprised that that Oklahoma State didn't win that game against Baylor because, you know, that could have given a lot more controversy for the playoff. But all four of those games have a chance to be really, really elite games. But I'm really excited to see the offensive powerhouse of Ole Miss. See how how Baylor can match up with them because that will be a really, really fun matchup to take a look at. Yeah, looking at these
1: games on New Year's, teams that I wouldn't expect to be favored are favored. Penn State is favored over Arkansas. Uh, Notre Dame is favored over Oklahoma State. Uh, And then Baylor is favored over Ole Miss. I I would pick the underdogs in all of these games.
0: I mean, I think that that bowl season is chaotic in its own right. And – you know, I think Penn State is a quality team. Don't get me wrong. Um, I I do agree that Arkansas, I would take Arkansas on that one too. Um, Obviously, we're on the same page with Oklahoma State. And it doesn't shock me that Baylor's favored because, you know, they they did just, they they put on an incredible performance in the Big 12 title game. They really came out and they punched Oklahoma State in the throat and never let them back in the game. They came down to inches from them getting that game. But I do think Baylor is that kind of team. It doesn't shock me that they're favoring that one. If I had to make a pick on that game, I'd probably lean towards Ole Miss, just kind of able to hang with that with that offensive firepower, especially when they get fully healthy. Because you know, having a month off will get you that. Because they really haven't been fully healthy since about midway through the season. So that'll be a fun, fun game. That's my that's my favorite dude, non non playoff New Year's Six bowl. It's definitely between the Baylor Bears and the Ole Miss Rebels.
1: Yeah, I think all of those games will be fun. I, It's just – it's the waiting game now. I mean, we got to wait for all these games. I think it will be a fun bowl season.
0: I think it will be as well. But we had a game on Saturday between Army and Navy. And this game is always one of the most fun to watch. It's it's, it's its own game. It's by itself on Saturday. It's kind of this game in between conference championship and bowl season. And it's the Army-Navy showdown, one of the greatest traditions in all of college football. And Navy pulled off the upset. And really, the fake punt there late in that game kind of gave Navy that, that boost to really take this game and the, the guy who did it, Fago, who caught that ball and ran it to the, for the first down, said that he had no idea the ball was coming to him. And the Navy coach, after the game, stated that he didn't call that play. That play was not called. It was a mistake. But, however, it worked out. That's the kind of things you see happen in those kind of games. It was crazy because how does a fake punt get called? The coach has no idea. And also, the guy getting the ball who ran for that first down had no idea the ball was coming to him. He said he just reacted and played football. That's insane, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I,
1: I don't know how you don't know a play like that is coming. I, I mean, good for them, but uh, that's the definition of pure luck.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was it was just crazy to look at. And it, it was an insane game. But that's just, I think that kind of sets the tone for bowl season. And I'm really, really excited to see what we've got in store heading forward in college football. I know that, that all of these bowl games really set up to be fun. And something to keep our listeners in, in mind of here is that Anything goes in bowl season. It's almost like college football's form of March Madness. Obviously, it's postseason. It's not really a tournament form, but anything can happen at any time. You don't know which teams are going to have players opt out, which teams are going to have players that just don't show up, which team's not really just going to show up in general. And we've seen that a lot in the past years, that kind of the relevance of bowl games, is dropping off because a lot of people, a lot of teams just know, especially the ones that are right outside the playoff, kind of feel that maybe they should have been there and they're not going to show up for this bowl game. They're just going to kind of take their school-paid vacation to wherever the game is and enjoy it, enjoy the benefits that come with that, and not really put as much emphasis on the football game itself, which kind of leads to a lot of chaos taking place. Yeah,
1: I think we see that a lot with, like, I don't want to say exotic bowl games, but, like, exotic bowl games. For instance, the Hawaii Bowl, or the Bahama Bowl, you you don't go there to play football. And a lot of the players are going to look at it as a vacation, even though you probably shouldn't. But you go to the Bahamas, you're going to go on vacation. I mean, who goes – to the Bahamas for quote-unquote work. And I don't want to say this is work for the players. It is for the coaching staff. But I I think some of the locations for these bowls need to be changed. But otherwise, I mean, the season's over. And after this, some of the players are going to the draft. Some are coming back. They're going to go uh, to training camp and however long it is. I I just – you look at these bowl games and you you get excited for the new Year's six games and the national championship. Otherwise it's, it, it's not a whole lot of competition unless it's two teams trying to make a statement or something like that. Also, while I'm thinking of it, we are doing this via zoom today. So I, we apologize for anyone that's cutting out. We're, we're struggling with Zoom right now. <laughs> David, are you still there?
0: Yeah, I, I'm here, and I hope I'm coming through all right. Um, it's kind of one of the things that we had set up due to the fact that neither of us are really in Starkville right now. We record this through WMSV for listening online, but you know, we were both via Zoom outside of Starkville at the moment, but we... I mean, we had to get you your hot takes. We know you guys need them. So here we are bringing you to them. We apologize for any technical errors, but we're going to keep rolling right along. Please bear with us. Sticking in football, moving to the professional side of things. What a Sunday in the NFL.
1: Wait. Let's touch on the
0: the Heisman real quick. That was a Saturday thing.
1: Uh, Bryce Young obviously won the Heisman. Uh, You had Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud, Aiden Hutchinson, and Bryce Young there. Uh, Who do you think deserved or should have gone there that didn't get an invitation?
0: Um, I think guys like – you know, obviously, I think Will Anderson deserved it more than Aiden Hutchinson did to be there. Um, And people say, you know, Will Anderson's a linebacker. That's why he's getting all those stats. and, And, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's rushing off the edge every single play. I mean, Will Adamson does that, too. He rushes off the edge, and he faces the same amount of blockers, if not more. Whenever he lines up to rush, they kind of double him. Um, Same thing happens to Hutchinson, though. Um, I don't really have a huge issue with that. I think Will could have deserved to be there over him, but um, other guys kind of stuck out more than really, I guess, C.J. Stroud could have been Matt Corral. Then Corral had a great year, kind of fell off towards the end of the year. He wasn't fully healthy. But at one point, he was the favorite to win the Heisman outright and didn't even get an invite to New York. Um, I also think Desmond Ritter deserved more credit than he got because um, when you lead a team to 13 and 0, it's no easy feat. And typically, the Heisman is a reward for wins, and Desmond Ritter did not really get that kind of, you know, that that kind of what, what's the word I'm looking for? Here? Recognition for leading a team to 13 and 0 because that's that's no easy feat, but. I know you're going to say, "Ooh, strength of schedule," but 13 and 0, no matter what, is 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 not easy. And then leading a group of five to their first playoff ever, I think Redder deserved a little more credit than he got. Obviously, um, Kenneth Walker didn't get invited because his team didn't win the last, didn't really perform well down the stretch. I think the same thing goes for Matt Corral as well. They they kind of lost games towards the end of the season that. And, and when you lose games, you could you could throw it for four hundred yards and five touchdowns and lose, and the odds of you winning the Heisman are going to drop just simply because of the way the Heisman is done it's awarded to the team it's awarded to one of the best to the best player on the best team. typically is something we see as a trend with the Heisman. The same goes for the MVP in the NFL as well It's just kind of and the nBA uh, It just kind of goes to maybe not necessarily the best performer. But the best player on the best team. But I think this year, I think Bryce Young was the most was definitely the guy who deserved that award.
1: Yeah, I think Bryce Young definitely was up there. I, my dig yeah. is just, I don't understand how Will Anderson wasn't invited over Aiden Hutchinson. I, I still don't understand it. Um, I, You could argue that he was the best player this season. Obviously, he doesn't get the flashy uh, glory that. Bryce Young does but uh just I think it's a shame that Will Anderson had to sit at home and watch Aiden Hutchinson sit there next to the finalists.
0: Yeah, Will Anderson finished 5th and for that for the Heisman right there and looking at everyone else who I cannot I, I just had the top 10 for the Heisman there. I'm not really sure what happened to it, but Will Anderson finished fifth right there. He had the third most first place votes and did not get an invite. He had more first place votes than Kenny Pickett and C.J. Stroud. He had less first place votes than Aiden Hutchinson, who finished actually second for the Heisman Trophy, which kind of caught me off guard there. He finished ahead of C.J. Stroud and Kenny Pickett, which kind of, caught me off I mean I I wasn't I was kind of surprised to see Aiden Hutchinson get invited I was more surprised to see him finish second for that award here it is right here it went Bryce Young Aiden Hutchinson Kenny Pickett CJ Stroud Will Anderson at fifth the first person not getting invited Kenneth Walker the third at sixth Matt Corral seventh Desmond Ritter eighth Jordan Davis the defensive lineman from Georgia at ninth and Brees Hall The running back from Iowa State finished tenth, and that rounds out the top ten right there. But nonetheless, it was a runaway from Bryce Young. Very easily won that award.
1: Yeah, Bryce, I think deservingly so. And I think that's the only thing we can say is Bryce Young was the best player for the best team in the nation.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, know that about it, and he. He will be tasked with leading that Alabama team to another national championship. Fourth Heisman winner under Nick Saban, first Alabama quarterback to win the award. Of course, we had Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, and last year, Devontae Smith win the award for Alabama. First quarterback to ever win it for the University of Alabama, and he will be definitely the player that everyone's got their eyes on heading into that opening Round matchup between Alabama and Cincinnati, but now let's transition to the NFL, and we're going to start. You, you and I will start with Thursday night's game. I want to get your take on this game because the Vikings were up twenty nine to zero in this game, and just didn't shut the door on Pittsburgh. They won the game; they won by eight, but Pittsburgh had a chance there at the very like they brought it all the way back. It would have been the biggest comeback in NFL history from down 29 points. They were up to 29 in the third quarter and let Pittsburgh put up 28 and almost bring this game all the way back. Like, that just caught me off guard in this game.
1: I think the Steelers need to find the living life out of Chase Claypool. I, I, I'm not saying they would have won. If that didn't happen at the end of the game, but you would have had at least one more play. I, I just, thank God I'm not a Steelers fan, because I because I feel for the Steelers in this situation. I mean, they there's a very real possibility that the Steelers could have forced this to overtime and won.
0: Yeah, there really is. They could have pulled off something insane. It's something they really needed for their playoff hopes this season because you know losing a game like that a close one just hurts a lot especially when you're trying to make a run for the postseason they currently sit at 11th at the moment in the AFC in the playoff race but at 6-6 and 1 they could have been at 7-5 and 1 and they would currently be sitting inside the playoffs it would be a wild card team obviously they would be in the playoffs if they would have won that game. And that just goes to show you how tight this AFC race is. There's so many teams fighting for those card spots. And it's, it's going to be a really, really tight race. And we'll talk more about this playoff race after we hit on all of these games on Sunday. And starting in the early window, the Chiefs, they put up 48 points on the Las Vegas Raiders. And they did it without breaking a sweat, Cody. But they're bad. overreaction to? Yeah, I mean that. That's just. Should they be the favorite in the AFC, and should they still? Should they be a Super Bowl favorite? It, it's it's hard
1: for me to say that. It's hard to say Kansas City should be an AFC favorite right now just because of how good New England looks. And I I, I I know you're grinning right now, but it's hard to put them above New England. And we're not going to see them play the rest of the season, and I really wish we were, but it, it is hard for me to put anyone in the AFC above New England. Super Bowl favorite is a stretch. I think they're very high contenders. But I think that the AFC is going to come down between Kansas City, New England and uh, at a time, I thought Buffalo. Right now, I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, Buffalo is kind of dropping off. and We'll get to that Buffalo Tampa Bay game as we enter the afternoon games, but here still at the noon kickoffs, the Titans. They played the Jaguars, but it was a very dominant twenty to nothing win. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in that game. James Robinson six carries for four total yards. The Titans just kind of, I mean, there was there was never any doubt in my mind before the game that they were going to win this game. But I, I mean, they dominated this one from start to finish. This was a win that Tennessee really, really needed. Because they have not had the best past few weeks. They had a bye last week. Before that, they lost to the Texans and lost to the Patriots in back-to-back games, especially that blowout to the Patriots. Now, they've got a very important matchup between facing off with the Steelers next week. And this was a win they really needed to get under their belt to start kind of new things in the right direction. I believe we're having another technical issue here cody are you, are you still there
1: we're, we're, we're here technical issues i
0: believe can you hear me now i can i can hear you now the titans what a win
1: yes uh, the titans I, I already said all this but you didn't hear me uh, the titans are one of those teams where uh, they kind of have been all over the place uh, we thought they were really really good at a point derrick henry getting hurt they're kind of Iffy. So it's one of those teams where I I just don't know what to think of them anymore because we thought they were good. They're just on a weird trend. They're up and down all over the place. The end of their season, I I don't want to say it's a cakewalk, but it's not that, it shouldn't be that difficult. You have the Steelers, 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Texans. One of those teams is above 500 at the moment. I, I don't think it should be challenging for the Titans, but, I mean, a good way to start the end of the season off, the end of your season schedule, is by a
0: dominant win over the Jaguars. So we'll see where they go from here. They're definitely going to be one to watch, without a doubt. Moving on. The Browns defeated the Ravens at home, and it was close. Tyler Huntley came in for the injured Lamar Jackson, and he almost brought them back. I mean, they were down 24 to 9 heading into the fourth quarter, ended up losing 24 to 22, but I mean, it was an incredibly close game, and they almost were able. To bring it all the way back they had a chance late were unable to convert in a fourth and six and that's what gave the game to cleveland but cleveland came out in this game punched him in the mouth went up 17-0 lamar jackson goes down with an injury tyler huntley comes in and he's almost like a carbon copy at times of lamar jackson extremely talented back and quarterback to have and almost brought them back into this game what'd you see from this one
1: this Browns team has a lot to fix. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't even know what to think of Cleveland anymore. It, 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 to me, it's amazing that they're in second in the AFC North. Um, they, they very possibly could finish at the top of that standings if Baltimore doesn't finish. Baltimore doesn't have an easy schedule left either. Neither teams do. So I mean I I don't know what to think of either of these teams with four games left in the season because Baltimore is going to play four teams that are 500 or better and Cleveland is going to play three teams that are 500 or better and then a team under 500. So I mean it's going to be an interesting finish for
0: both of these teams to finish the season out. Yeah, obviously the Browns, with a lot of their tougher games behind them. The Ravens got quite a few of them ahead and just, I mean, it is a tight race. This is, I believe, and yes, this is the only division in the NFL that has every single team be 500 or better. And obviously, none of them are really just stretched leaps and bounds above the others or really that much ahead. I mean, the Ravens leading the division at eight and five, Cleveland, 90 both at seven and six, and Pittsburgh, who have already touched down at six, six and one. So it's really just, I mean, anything is, is left to happen in this division. There's still quite a few divisional games left between these foes and I think it's really still up for grabs. So if you were to pick a team to win this division right now, who would it be?
1: Uh, Cincinnati, actually. I think if I'm going to have to pick it's a team, it would be Cincinnati. They don't have – they've got a challenging schedule, but we've seen Cincinnati have spurts of being really, really good this year. You're going to play the Broncos next week. Uh, the Ravens, where I don't know the condition of Lamar Jackson, then you finish it off with the Chiefs, who I would consider would be a loss, and then the Browns, who are just all over the place. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at a 10-7 and seven season for Cincinnati. I, I, think, I think Cincinnati could win this division.
0: I think so as well. And we'll get to that Cincinnati game right around the corner. The Saints looked fantastic on Sunday. Taysom Hill looked much, much better. But really, it wasn't even Taysom Hill that had a huge impact on this game. It was Alvin Kamara and his return, ending their five-game losing streak, keeping their playoff hopes alive and officially eliminating the New York Jets from the playoffs. I know it's surprising. The Jets are not going to make the playoffs this season. Sorry, Jets fans. Try again next year. The Saints keeping their playoff hopes alive with Taysom Hill at the helm. He looked really, really good, in my opinion. It was really his rushing impact that had a huge effect on this game because a lot of the time you saw defenders kind of paying attention to the quarterback because they have to to honor that Taysom Hill run, and that led to Alvin Kamara running for 120 yards and a touchdown. He had a crazy good game.
1: Yeah, he – uh, when you give a running back like Alvin Kamara the ball, twenty-seven times, I, I expect you to have at least a hundred yards on the ground. But I, I, I as well as Alvin Kamara played, I, I really think that Taysom Hill was the star of that game. He had one hundred and seventy-five yards in the air, followed by seventy-three gra- yards on the ground with two touchdowns. I um. As great as Kamara looked, I really think Taysom Hill, that, that's what you have to look forward to as him as a quarterback for the Saints.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, he looked good. And we'll touch on this NFC South here in a second when we look at all the divisional races. But moving to the NFC East, the Washington football team almost made a miraculous comeback in this game against the Cowboys. The Cowboys were dominating for most of the game kind of got late in that game and it felt like Dallas kind of took their foot off the gas and then Washington almost brought it back. They scored two touchdowns within a minute of each other in the fourth quarter and had a chance with the ball late and was unable to really convert on any opportunity to bring themselves back into this game and make it a tie game. They had the ball the chance to tie weren't able to do so but That'll end the Washington football team winning streak. And Mike McCarthy's guarantee did, in fact, come true. The Cowboys have won back-to-back games now. And these two teams meet a couple of weeks on Sunday Night Football. It should be another fun game to watch. What did you think of this Cowboys team in this game?
1: You and I talked about who we thought was going to be in the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. And I'd pick Dallas. I, I'm not sure that Dallas is going to make it to the Super Bowl anymore. And Washington is – I don't know what it is with this Washington team the past couple of years, but they are always just sneakily in the hunt for a wild card position. And they put themselves in that position again this year. And, and there's nothing special about this team, but they, it's just like their their will – to just stay right there to make the playoffs. And I I just don't think it's acceptable for Dallas to be uh, making these games as close as they are with teams like Washington or uh, I know the saints, uh, they only beat them by 10, but the week before that, they lost to the Raiders and then, lost to the Chiefs the week before that. They were so dominant up until that week against the Chiefs. I'm just not very comfortable with this Cowboys team, even if they are winning these games. They have a relatively easy schedule to finish the season off. Their only tough opponent is the Cardinals. I mean, this team needs to finish 12-5. and five. At the absolute worst, twelve and five.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously Dallas fans have a lot of very high hopes for this team. I think rightfully so. This is it's an incredibly talented unit. They just haven't necessarily produced as well as they should be. I feel like, especially in the division they play in, and no shade to Washington here, but this Dallas team should be leaps and bounds better than this Washington team is. And I just haven't seen that from them. I I expect them to be better in the coming weeks. That'll be something to watch these two teams meet again in a couple of weeks. And that'll be another tight one this time in Dallas, moving on Atlanta. Won a game. Congratulations to them. And sneaky enough, the Atlanta Falcons are still in the playoff hunt. They still are. They – Nobody's talked about them all season long, and they still have a decent shot to get a wild card spot there. And they did that with this win over the Carolina Panthers. And something interesting from the Panthers that I saw in this game that really didn't make a whole lot of sense was there was a lot of two-quarterback play. I mean, we saw Cam Newton play. Didn't play his best ball game. It was a short leash. They put in P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker came in, made a few mistakes. They went back to Cam Newton, came in, made a mistake, went back to P.J. Walker. If you're going to pay Cam 10 million dollars to play on your team this season, you do not need to be pulling the leash on him. You've got to kind of trust him with this offense. I felt like they didn't do that enough. I don't think Carolina would have won this game because um, Atlanta did look good. But you just – you can't be doing that to them. You can't pull Cam Wal- Cam Newton after bringing him in and paying him this much money when he does something that frustrates you. You've got to you, – you just have to – you know, allow him to make an adjustment because he's been in this league for long enough that he knows what he's doing wrong and he should be able to correct it. Yeah,
1: I, I completely agree. You can't – listen, I know Cam had an interception, but I, you don't think of Cam Newton as this elite passer. You think of him as a dual-threat quarterback who can score with his legs, which is what he did. Uh, you're going to get a pick from him, a pick or two a game. I mean, it's Cam Newton. It's not, he's not this elite passer. He just isn't. You knew what you're paying him for. And when he makes the mistake, you need to have expected that coming into the game. You're not expecting this guy to throw 250 yards a game, two touchdowns in the air, a score on the ground, and zero picks. That's not Cam Newton. He's never done that, and he will never do that.
0: Yeah, no, it's not at all. And his, his ground presence was there. He had 10 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown run was fun to see. But Cam's not the answer, in my opinion, obviously. I think the Panthers will be, will be in the market for a quarterback next year. But they brought in Cam with the thought of them, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They had this four-game stretch here where they needed to get wins and they still had a chance to get in the playoffs. And now we're three games into this four-game stretch and they've lost all three of them. And it just, it, they haven't, they just haven't looked good. And I think it's time to hang it up for the Panthers and start looking towards next season because I would not expect anything out of this Panthers team in these last three to four, three or four games. I think the one, one contest get the Saints they could make a run at it but two matches with the Buccaneers and a road game in Buffalo. I don't expect anything from this build from this Panthers team.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think anything from this Panthers team either, but lucky enough for them, they don't have teams that are that great in the division besides Tampa. Tampa is going to win the South, but I mean, if Carolina wins two games in Atlanta and New New Orleans somehow drop all four games left, that puts them in second place for the season. Highly unlikely. But, I mean, that second place spot for the NFC South is very, very close. They're all within a game of each other. So it'll be interesting to see if there's
0: some stuff rattled up here in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Carolina is eliminated from the playoffs there, but I, I think that there's, there's quite a few teams in front of them that are much better suited and playing a lot better right now than they are. Um, so I, I, I'm ready to write the Carolina Panthers off for this season. Yeah, and rightfully so. I, I just
1: I, I think it's too, it's too difficult of a path for them, and they're just not good
0: enough of a team to get it done. Absolutely not. Moving into the afternoon games, there were a few of them, and they were all, for the most part, fun to watch. The Denver Broncos, with their tribute to Demarius Thomas, was fantastic to see. Obviously, what a tragedy that is right there. He was such a fun player to watch growing up. And the Denver Broncos did a fantastic job in representing him on Sunday. And they did so in a fantastic performance for them in their defeat over the Lions and then ended the Lions winning streak at one. The Broncos looked really good in that game and they're still vying for a wild card spot as well. Or even they could still take the division away from Kansas City. I don't think they will with the way Kansas City's playing, but there's still a path there for it. Nonetheless, there is a path for a wild card spot for them. I think that the December Broncos team could make a run at the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's possible.
1: I, I don't think it will happen, but it is possible. They they have a tough end of the season schedule. Um so I mean, it, it, everything's possible, but I just, you, you you have to beat you probably have to win at least two of these games. Your best bet would be the Bengals and the Raiders, and then you're going to have to play a Charger team that's starting to put it together pretty well, and then a Chiefs team. So it's it'll be a tough journey for this Broncos team, but it is possible.
0: Yeah, it will be. And Teddy Bridgewater is one of those one of those placeholder kind of quarterbacks that won't really. Lose you games. He's not doing anything crazy to win you games. But um, I think without a doubt, he is a decent placeholder to get themselves a win. Moving on, the Los Angeles Chargers looked really good in this game against the New York Giants. Obviously, teams have a trend to look good against the Giants, but they looked dominant in this game, putting up 37 points. A great game for Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Both of them, that's a crazy good duo. Also, Guyton, the receiver for Los Angeles, looked had a kind of a breakout kind of day in the absence of Keenan Allen. This Chargers team looks poised heading into this final stretch of the season.
1: Yeah, they look poised, and
0: I, I think we're starting
1: to see an upward trend. Uh, they, they've had some losses here and there, and they, they haven't lost to just awful teams this year, which is something interesting to look at. They have a loss against the Cowboys, a loss against the Ravens, a loss against the Patriots, a loss against the Vikings, and a loss against the Broncos. I think all of those teams are over 500 against the Vikings, and the Vikings could make a case to finish over 500 this season. So I think this Chargers team will be one to watch finishing the season out and going into the playoffs. I, they're a fun team to watch, young quarterback and Justin Herbert. They're going to play the Chiefs this Thursday. Then you got the Texans, Broncos, and Raiders. I think this Chargers team could win out and go 12-5. and five.
0: They definitely could, and if they win this game Thursday, they set themselves up really, really well to take this AFC West away from the Kansas City Chiefs. only a game back, especially with the head-to-head matchup coming up. That will be a really – really interesting thing to watch because, I mean, they've got the – had, they had the first win over Kansas City. They get the second one as well. That gives themselves an incredible advantage, meaning if those two teams are tied at the end of the season that the division will go to Los Angeles, it's, it's going to be a crazy last four games of the season for them because they could do anything from miss the playoffs to win the division or potentially even get a top one, top two seed. This team has the potential to do anything, and they'll be one to keep an eye on. And finally, on NFL Sunday, we'll stick with – there's three games left here. Sunday night the Packers took care of business, but the first two overtime games, the Niners and the Bengals, the Niners won this one in overtime, and it was a fun, thrilling game to watch. The Niners had control of this game for the most part. The Bengals brought it all the way back and forced overtime after a missed field goal attempt from the 49ers that brought the Bengals light. The Bengals struck first in overtime with the field goal, and then with 1.53 left in overtime, Brandon IU caught a pass and ran it into the end zone. This was a thrilling game to watch. The Bengals made plays late on offense when they needed them most, and they were able to bring this one in overtime which is something I really wasn't expecting to see. But nonetheless, both of these teams could be making a run at playoffs in their respective conferences. A crazy good game from George Kittle, 13 catches, 151 yards, and the touchdown. That's kind of the production we're used to seeing from Kittle.
1: Yeah, both of these teams I think are better than their record shows. Both teams have had injuries throughout the season – in particular, the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers have losses to teams besides the Seahawks and the Colts that I, I would say, yeah, you probably should have lost to these teams. Uh, they got two losses to the Cardinals. You have a loss to the Packers. The 49ers team isn't a bad team. They They have had some – They've been unlucky through part of the season, which is how I feel about the Bengals as well. I think the 49ers are a better team than the Bengals, but the Bengals have had just some unlucky losses, uh, like to the Jets, to the Browns. They've had some losses where, yeah, I would have expected them to lose, but a close loss to the Packers. They lost to the Bears at the beginning of the season by three. Both of these teams are, I think, a lot better than the record shows. It's just they've had some unlucky games.
0: Yeah, I mean, the NFL as a whole this year has been really, really good. There's been a lot of teams to keep an eye on. And one of those teams that has kind of fallen victim to how good the NFL is, I think this year, is the Buffalo Bills. And they did so once again in this loss to Tampa Bay in overtime. Yeah, the Bills really brought this game all the way back. I mean, down – 24-3 at halftime, and they got it back to tied. They scored 17 unanswered points in the final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. And they they just could not get anything done in overtime. Rashad Perriman catching a long pass from Brady. Kind of just an in route that, that Perriman cut up, and nobody was there. Almost felt like kind of a bust. And the Buccaneers won this game. And they look really, really good. Quietly, I mean, nobody's talking about the Buccaneers, and they're ten and three right now. And I, I haven't heard anyone really speak about how good this team has looked this season. Whenever they lose, I hear it. Whenever they win, nobody says a word. And this is just, kind of, and then just that's just not right. I mean, obviously they're defending Super Bowl champions. You've got Tom Brady's as quarterback. Expect them to win every single game, but that that just People need to give this team more recognition because they're they're my pick to win the NFC. Yeah, this uh, this Tampa team is
1: very very good, and you're right. You don't hear a lot of the recognition they probably deserve after wins. But this Buffalo team, sitting at seven and six now, uh, they don't have a very difficult end of the season. They play the Panthers, the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Jets. I think at worst they'll finish ten and seven. At best they'll finish eleven and six. And I think either way, it's very, very uh, possible. Team has talent and potential. It's just they have to get it all together.
0: I mean, yeah, for sure. I I think Buffalo is on just the the wrong side of a lot of these games. They're in jeopardy of falling out of the playoffs. But first, before we get to these playoff races, really quickly, the Packers dominated this game. It really, I guess it wasn't dominant. The Bears got out to an early lead, and the Packers came back and reminds them that they that Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I didn't really care. the, the Packers had gone down twenty eight to zero in the second quarter, and I wouldn't have cared. I would have still thought that the Aaron that Aaron Rodgers had brought this team back, and he did just that, winning this game by fifteen. That, I mean, there's not really much to talk about in this game. The Packers looked like the Packers. Uh, no, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. I, it's as simple as that. Yeah, Justin Fields looked good on, on the Chicago side of things. But nonetheless, the Packers walked away victorious. And we're going to start here in the NFC. The Arizona Cardinals sitting at the one spot right now. Obviously, a big-time game with the Los Angeles Rams tonight. And we'll touch on that game right before we close. But Arizona won. Green Bay at the two seed, Tampa Bay at the three seed, Dallas at the four seed as a division leader. All four of those leading their division. The, the Rams at eight and four in the five spot. San Francisco at seven and six in the sixth spot. And then it gets really complicated because all these teams ranked seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh. They're all six and seven. Washington went through all the tiebreakers, currently holds that seven seed. But Minnesota, Philly, Atlanta, and New Orleans—all right there behind them. This playoff race is heated up here in the NFC. Yeah,
1: it has. It's a—it's uh, what it's—it's it's how it usually is. I, I said this earlier about Washington; they always just stick around. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they got in. But uh, I mean, this this NFC is—they uh, are stacked. These, the, the, those top five teams, I mean, they're just some really good teams. So it'll be fun to watch. Even the AFC this year, those top five teams are,
0: are very, very good. Oh, yeah. And those five teams are New England on by this weekend at the number one seed. They still hold it. They've, they've, they've got the division, it feels like, kind of locked down, especially after this loss from Buffalo – They've got a two-game lead on them, including a head-to-head lead over them. Tennessee at the two-seed still, even after these past few weeks, Tennessee still holds that two-seed strong with that head-to-head win over Kansas City, who sits in the three spot. All three of those teams at nine and four kind of feel like three teams that are competing for this conference. And then Baltimore at four, the last division leader. You've got the Los Angeles Chargers at the five spot. The Colts, we've been talking about for weeks, at the sixth spot and the Buffalo Bills currently at the seven spot. This is another case scenario here from six through 10. All of those teams are seven and six. Even Pittsburgh at six, six, and one is right there behind them at 11. This is another heated playoff race, And I have to believe kind of coming down the stretch. Part of me thinks that something like something chaotic is going to happen. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals are right outside the playoffs. At they're not right outside; they're the nine seed right now. And it wouldn't shock me to see them take the division. Yeah, I I,
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised either. It's just the it, the race is so close right now, and I think it'll we are I think we're going to see something chaotic come the end of the season. But real quick, we've got about two minutes left. Who who are your? Uh, your
0: playoff teams in the AFC and the NFC playoff teams I've got I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with New England Tennessee I'll have Kansas City in there and I agree with you I think since i gonna win the division those are gonna be my division winners in the AFC and the wild card teams I think will be the Chargers the Colts and the Baltimore Ravens I don't like the way this Buffalo Bills team is trending I expect them to fall outside of the playoffs. What are your teams for the AFC?
1: Uh, All of them, but I'm going to include Buffalo.
0: And I think I'm going to take Indy out. Yeah, both those teams, that'll be a toss-up there for them. Looking at the NFC, I like Arizona at home on this NFC West. I like them there. And then Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Dallas kind of feel like no-brainers for those three. And then I think the Rams, and then I think – Oh, man, it's so tough after that. I think the the Niners will hold on to that spot. I think the Vikings will get into the playoffs. They're extremely talented teams there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we're we're on the same page for playoffs for the most part. I mean, that's how it looks. Uh, that's what I'm seeing. Who do you think you're uh, – who's the Super Bowl going to be
0: and who's winning it? Oh, you know I've got New England and Tampa Bay and New England winning it. You still have New England winning it. Of course I have New England winning it. Like, why would I not? Like – just because they're on by this week doesn't mean I don't have them. Who do you have? I think, I think Kansas City is back. I think they're going to win it. And
1: that'll I be think fun we're going to see a rematch. I think we're either going to see a rematch or I think
0: it's going to be the Rams. And Real quick tonight, Kansas Rams City. and Cardinals. I've got the Cardinals winning this game. I have – that should have been an easy one. Yeah, without a doubt. And that will do it for Hot Takes Monday episode. We'll be back with you Wednesday – For Cody Blazak, I'm David Smith. This is Hot Takes.